I think if you learn from the past, there's a good chance the future will be different. It's just so great to see such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver. They've been waiting a long time for this. Your support is what's going to make winning a Stanley Cup in this city so special. And I got a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Hello everyone, welcome to our seventh episode of Canucks Cast. Today we're going to be talking about why Trevor doesn't think the Canucks will ever make the playoffs with the Sedins, with the Sedins still here, and what's going to be happening with Game 6 with, between Tampa Bay and Montreal, and we're preview, previewing the Western Conference Finals between the Ducks and the Hawks, and talking about why the Flames lost in five games. All that more on this episode of Canucks Cast. So Trevor, you were saying that they, the Canucks will never make the playoffs with, with the Sedins again. Care to explain that? I'm actually going to get that later. First, though, I want to talk about this the Ducks team. They made an absolute mockery out of the Flames, and the Flames made an absolute mockery out of the Canucks. The Canucks, we have no size, and our only skill is the Sedins, who are now age 34, going on 35. Our team is going to get worse next season. We have the you young know, guys you know, coming you know in. You know what our problem actually is? And I said it to, to uh, Alex. I said, the problem is between the Ducks and... Because he was, he was saying, why can't uh, the Canucks um, have done what they did what, what they did to the Flames? Why couldn't the Canucks have done that? And I said, the thing is, is the Canucks have one goal scorer. Yep. The Ducks have like four or five goal scorers that can score consistently. The Canucks only have one. The rest of them are passers. Yes. Like Daniel, I don't consider Daniel anymore a goal. He's scorer. no longer a scorer. He scored twenty goals this year. Yes, and that's, he, that's he, pathetic. He did have a better year than last, but Verbata is our only goal scorer. Ooh, Absolutely. Goal. Like if you look at points right now in the NHL playoffs, Perry leads with fifteen. We got Getzlav in fourth with twelve. Jakob Silverberg and Ryan Kessler, both second-line guys, and they're playing so well together. Silverberg has 11, Kessler has 9 points in 9 games. Yeah. And now Kessler, that line is going to be shutting down the Taves line, and as much as I don't like Honda Center as a good atmosphere come playoff time, I'm going to take the Ducks in 7. I, I think it's going to be even quicker than that. Really? I don't think that the Hawks stand a chance, and in fact... This is the last year the Hawks will be able to compete. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think it's, I think United Center, the Madhouse in Madison, it's it's a tough place to play. I think I think they'll lose. I think I think it's going to go to six. That's that's my prediction. I think the Ducks are going to win it in six. I think the Ducks. Yeah, I I, I think the series is going seven, and I just hope that it's not a terrible game seven like uh, last season against uh, last playoffs against the Kings and Ducks. True. Yeah, well, this is it for this is it for the Hawks. Like this is their last year to to be able to get to the final. Yeah, no, because they're going to lose sharp for sure. Well, it's not only that, but the Taves and uh, Kane contracts kick in, and it's just going to yeah, and, and then Stan Bowman's going to be handcuffed again. That's ten point five million dollars in cap in per player in cap for cap space. They're paying they're paying twenty one million dollars for just those two players. I'm not including Keith and Seabrook and Hosa. Hosa's making huge. He's making like seven million a year, and he's up there in age. Oh yeah, he's like 34. No, he's 36. 
yeah, nobody's going to take that contract because of his age. I don't think. You never know. So who's coming off the books then? A Brian Bickle, maybe. I think, well, Sharp's gone for sure. I think Bickle's gone. I think Bickle, he had such a good finals in 2013, and then he just, he's been silent since. Hasn't lived up to I looked the at their roster. I looked at their roster. They've got a whole lot of RFAs and UFAs on their team that they have to resign, And they got $5 million in cap space to do it. They're going to lose one of Oduya or Harnelson. I can't even say his name properly, but yeah. They're going to lose somebody. They're going to lose quite a bit. They're not going to have the defense they did. Like They just don't have enough money. The cap nope. may go up. It may even go down a million dollars. Yeah. No, jeez. Yeah, and speaking of Taze and Kane, I mean, the contracts they got, they deserve it. I mean, they're two of the best players in the world, and plus they both show up playoff time, and you can't really say that about about Crosby and Malkin. Those two really show up in the playoffs and, and really play well during the regular season, so the, I would say they're two of the best players in the league right now. But the problem is guys like Hosa, Hosa's on the books until 2017. He's going to be 40 when the contract expires. Seven and a half? Great. Who? Kisholtis. What's his cap hit? Seven and a half or eight? Not exactly sure. I, I think it's around there anyway. But I, I, disagree, I disagree with Taves and Kane being the best in the world. They've got a, a, a way better supporting cast. Right now uh, on Pittsburgh, they, they had, their entire defense was injured. So that didn't help. Roosevelt got it. Yeah, Roosevelt's done. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the Penguins. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The Penguins, their entire defense was injured. Like, oh, they're good players anyways. Um, they had they had no nobody else. Yeah. And, and, and Pittsburgh played against one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like, look at Ovechkin. How many goals has he scored in this series? One, two... Hey, there hasn't been any goals in this series, so you can't really say Ovechkin has been scoring because it either ends up one nothing or two one. And the last game was four three. That was a that was a blowout. Like as far as I looked at that series. <laughs> yeah, and and the Rangers managed to push it to game seven, and it looks like it will be the Rangers moving on because Lundqvist has a great record at home plus. The Rangers have have won nine straight elimination games at at home, and Lundqvist is basically unscorable when he's facing elimination. And uh, also, I Lundqvist too. If he wins this game seven, he will tie. I know Patrick Waugh is one of them, and there's somebody else. Um, he'll tie for the most wins in a game seven. And then consecutive wins, I believe it go, uh, it'll go back to Johnny Bauer, I think, back in the 50s. Like, Lundqvist is the best goalie in the world. Everybody's talking about Carey Price, and I'm like, you got to look at the whole package. Lundqvist, yeah, Price has been awful. Price hasn't Price. been very good in the playoffs. And he's going to need to steal the game tonight. And everybody And everybody's saying, oh, well, Lundqvist has a better supporting cast. I'm like, yeah, well, the other night... They still gave up uh, 43 sh- or 45 shots, and he saved 43 of them. So the, the supporting cast wasn't there that night. 
I still think I think the Caps have a chance tomorrow night. To be honest, I still think they have a good well, chance. I think I think they have a chance because I think it's going to be like first goal win. Basically, I think it's going to be a two-one kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, and also now, yeah, I think it's going to be a close two. Like Trevor said, I think it's going to be a close two-one game, and Opie's going to be down on his head again. But but I have to say, what a playoff series for him. I mean, going into this series, I don't think anyone would have would have seen would have said Holpe going toe to toe with Lundqvist and making and making him playing almost just as well as he is. Well, Tukarski did it last year when Carey Price got hurt. Tukarski played really well, but he didn't play as well as Lundqvist did. No, like Lundqvist, it's hard to outplay Lundqvist. There's not very many goalies that can. And everybody's talking about Carey Price winning the heart. I'd be shocked if he wins the heart. I think Ovechkin has the heart written all over it. Again. Yeah, but speaking of Carey Price, you say that he's off in the playoffs, yet I think he was terrific in Game 5. I mean, did you see that save he made on Fatila Fubula? That was amazing. Yeah, but that you also got to – I looked at that a bunch of times because everybody was saying that was a great save, and it was a good reaction save, but Phil Pula didn't one-time it the way he was supposed to. He yeah. settled the puck and gave Carey Price time to get over. You if always, see that, that right you always see that save. If you if you had a if, – if he – Phil Pula had a shot that as soon as it hit his stick, Carey Price wouldn't even have been anywhere close to the puck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and also, the media is totally blowing up this whole Ovechkin's guaranteeing a win. All he said is, we're going to come back and win the series. That's all he said. He didn't guarantee anything. He's oh, just he confident. That's for sure. No, no 94 crap. Yeah, and, he didn't, and he's also basically saying what I think Michael Backlund said to the, to the, to the Canucks when, he were play, when the Flames were playing against him. He said, there's no way we're losing at home. So he's basically it, saying the same thing. It wasn't like Alfredson in 2013. Yeah, we don't. We're not coming back. Yeah. Yeah, and and do you think the do you think the Canadians will have a chance t- tonight to to actually tie the series up, three three, and force a game seven? And remember, the Lightning will be without Ryan Callahan because he had emergency abdominal surgery. Yeah, and Callahan was. That Callahan has done nothing in this series. In fact, hasn't done anything in the playoffs. I'm not even sure why he's on the on the first line. He's the captain. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Stanko's the captain. Yeah, Stanko's is the captain. Callahan's the captain. Uh, he, uh, I was thinking well, he was the captain for the Rangers in New York. Yeah. yeah. I, but uh, Duran, I think this is a big opportunity for Duran to step oh, into Callahan. Done nothing. Oh no, I know, but I, I but but Duran when he's come in has played on the third and fourth lines. I think now that Callahan's out, if you put him with a bunch of guys that can score, remember Tampa's the highest scoring team in the league. You put him with a bunch of guys that can score, then I think Duran will do well. And it's at home. Yeah, but still. Did you, when they ca- I, I, think, I think we're going to put Kucherov on that first line and then... I don't know. Is is Drew Grant even going to play though? Uh, that that was the the talk out of the Tampa camp that uh, I it guess hasn't he will be, yeah. by anybody. 
They, that I even talk about like media and things that Duran would be the one stepping in. That would be the logical choice, anyways. Like Tampa has a has their first two lines are really good, but like Philadelphia is pretty good. But I think Brian Boyle is really overrated. He's just a big yeah, guy. That's it. Guy, he's a very big guy. It's hard to get around him. Boro is so twenty ten. Yeah. Yeah, and. And when the when the Canadian when the Lightning won Game Three with that last second goal, how many of you predicted that the Lightning would sweep them and this series would be over and done with by now, and they wouldn't be a Game Six? Yeah, I thought they were done in Game Four, and I thought Terrian was going to be fired, and I thought if somehow if somehow the well, yeah, I thought Terrian was going to be fired, and you know they come I still back. Think, I still think Terrian's not going to have a job at the end of the year. He might not, if, especially if they lose this series. Um, Even I if they win the series and go to the conference finals, I don't think you'll have a job next year. Yeah, well, they need new culture, that's for sure. Yeah. I think Bocanic's gone. They just need new guys. Well, Montreal can't score goals. They haven't been able to all year. It's not. This isn't new. They haven't been able to score goals all year. Yep. I wouldn't bet on this, but I think the Canadians will win tonight. And then lay an egg in Game Seven at home. I'm sticking with my prediction of Tampa I could Bay Seven. See, I could see that because Carey Price has been awful in uh, in Game Sevens. Like I'm talking four nothing Montreal tonight, five one Tampa Bay in Game Seven. I don't think they're going to hold. Uh, they're going to hold Tampa off the score sheet tonight but at home. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and let's not forget. That- Canadians have a lot of confidence because the last time they played here, they walked away with a 6-2 win with all those top guys scoring. Max Pacioretty, Thomas Placanitz. That game was a little weird. I think uh, John Cooper made a bad decision in pulling Bishop. I think John Cooper's just a terrible coach. If he had a kept because he's kept Bishop in all year long and Tampa's all, because they can score so many goals, they've always come back. But I just can't see Tampa Bay losing two games at home in this series. It, it's just just a problem when Dixon's on your second line. Who? Dale Weeson's on the Habs second line. Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> that's usually a problem. <laughs> like they need to get rid of Lars Eller. He's just he's too small. He's too too much of a skill guy. Yeah, but speaking of Dale Weiss, he scored some key goals for the Canadians in the playoffs in this playoff run before. I mean, I mean he scored that I think that overtime goal against the Ottawa Senators. He that, scored a few overtime goals, and he does do that. But he's still a third, a third line, max third line player, a very, very good fourth line player. I don't think he's a yeah, second line player. True, he's not, but. You gotta admit, he does score some clutch playoff goals. Yeah, but I don't know if that's luck or just you're right. You're in the right place at the right time. I'm, I'm not sure how you can read into that. <sighs> now, t- now, now, Mike Babcock is two in the two in the teens and lots of of two in the NHL and visiting lots of teams that need head coaches and Dallas are sticking with the plan of hiring Todd. Todd McLennan, what do you think of all this? It, they actually, there was a tweet sent out today that it's between Todd McLennan and uh, Nelson. 
for the, uh, the the head coaching job. Those are the two um, front runners for the Oilers job. I think McClellan will get it. I can't see Nelson getting it. No, I I think McClellan will get it. I just I think it's so odd that Babcock met with the Sabres GM. I guess he's just weighing all of his options. Uh, yeah. At this point, though, I have to be honest, I have no clue where he's going to go. But the window the window closes in like a week. Ken Holland only opened up that window for teams. But to be able to McClellan's not going to make his decision until after the Worlds, since he's coaching. Yeah. Like he's preoccupied right now, so everything but is just going to be delayed. In two weeks, uh, after Ken Holland opened that window for two weeks, I think uh, if he doesn't find a place to go, because Detroit wants that third round pick, if he doesn't have find a place to go. Babcock isn't going to screw Detroit and walk away from Detroit. Babcock has way too much invested in that team. Really good friends with Ken Holland. I think he'll resign in Detroit. If I, I sure hope Hall. so. And I can, I can totally see it. I can't see him going to Toronto anymore. Philadelphia, are you kidding me? San Jose. I think it's Detroit. Our only place I thought maybe would be Pittsburgh. But yeah. I don't think he's even nailed his... I don't think he's even thinking about Pittsburgh at all. I'm not even sure if he's considering it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Is Pittsburgh is Mike Johnson a one and done in Pittsburgh? I could see it. They they want the he he got it. I believe he got a two year contract. That's what they had offered Willie Desjardins, and he turned it down because he wanted more stability. <laughs> so, you don't see him leaving Detroit because and just because if I can't recall it. When was the last time his contract came out? Did something happen like this the last time his contract was up? I can't really recall if it did. I can't remember. I, I actually know the last time uh, they didn't even wait until he was a free agent. He got re-signed um, right, like in his final year. He was. He's never been a free agent before. So I wonder why it makes this time so different after all this time. Because he's never been a free agent, and he just wants to see what's out there. He's going to be the highest-paid coach ever in NHL history. That's a given. I can tell you this much. You can hand Bob Hartley the Jack Adams trophy if the Washington doesn't get the job done in Game 7. Their collapses, their, their history of collapses are, are pretty remarkable. In 2009, in the second round, they had a 2 nothing lead, lost in Game 7 in a blowout, 6-1. to 2010 first round... Two nothing lead once again. They lose in Game Seven at home again, and then in 2013. I think Vigneault actually deserves the Jack Adams. Now I know he had a much better team around him, and see that that's where all the trophies now have completely different meanings than what they used to back in the day. Like back in the day, the Selkie was won by guys like Guy Carboneau and and things like that. Guys that didn't get a lot of points but were a good two way player. Now they give the Selkie to the best defensive forward with the most points. That's not the definition of the trophy. And it's, I, the, same I, thing, it's the same thing with the Jack Adams. They give it to the... Surprise the, team. They give it to a surprise team, but that's, like, that's not why they the gave, That's why they gave it to Vino in 2007. Oh, we made the second round in Vino's first year. That's pretty remarkable. That's why they gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but I think Hartley really deserves the credit. I mean, he took a team that was basically full of full of rookies, like basically the the, the Edmonton Oilers and, and everything, 
and so they might have much better defense, but still, they're a team full of rookies, and he actually managed to coach them into getting into the second round. That's pretty remarkable. Oh, it, it doesn't matter what he did in the playoffs. The, the votes were already in before the playoffs. The playoffs don't count when it comes to, uh, to voting. Yeah, Alex, I, Alex, I have a question for you. Would you still want? Would you still wish the Canucks signed Jonas Hiller this past offseason? Well, I still think that would have been a better option. I mean, so he may have lost. He's still, he may have lost. May have lost his job to Kari Ramo, but then again. I think Kari you. Ramo. <laughs> I remember Kari. He was. He's been a career backup his whole career. Career backup in Tampa. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he backed up Lynn back one time or something. I'm not sure, but. Kari oh. Ramo at one time was third string. <laughs> yeah, and plus I think it would have been a better duel between Hillo and and Lock <laughs> because they're both around this because they're both around the same age of each other and we could you know play. Both of them the same amount of games, and Lack wouldn't be cemented. I think Miller, and I don't even think Benny even considered Hiller. I think Miller was his target from day one. Kerry Ramo was out of the league in the KHL after 2009. This was his first year back. Yeah. People forget that. Like, he backed up guys like Mike what's going to happen last, next year. Like, remember Arthur Zerbe? Remember oh, that uh, one phenomenal Carolina? season he had? Yep. And then what happened to him after that? See ya. He just fell off the planet. Well, that's, so did Tim Thomas. Yes, yeah, Tim Thomas, the same thing. In fact, Tim Thomas lost his job twice in Boston. Well, I don't think he wanted his job. He lost his starting position twice in Boston for the, the same reason, that he would have one great year, he'd get a good contract, and then he would just suck. Man, I hate Tim Thomas so much. Yeah. So, speaking of goaltenders, though, and it's sad news, Josh Harding is expected to retire. Obviously, the complications with MS disease and the limits that go along with it. His contract expires June thirtieth, and obviously, you know, he has bigger issues than just hockey right now. Yeah, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a big blow to to the Wild because uh, I don't think I think Dubnik caught lightning in a bottle. Yep, I agree. But I don't think he's going to be like that all the time. With Dudnik, it, it was fun while it lasted. The same thing with Hammond. Although Hammond's numbers weren't as good as Dudnik's. Uh, but speaking Dubnik of the, the sen- speaking of the Sens, though, Matt O'Connor signs. So what goes on? You know, you have Anderson, Leonard, and now Hammond. What do you do with all these goalies? Well, well Hammond, Hammond, Hammond is a free agent. I know, but you, so I guess we don't resign him. That's that's a guarantee now. Actually, well, I don't know. O'Connor said that he um, he is um, up for going to uh, up for going to the AHL for a year. And I actually said to Alex because he was up and he was tweeting about uh, about like O'Connor's decision was coming down soon. And I I messaged him and I said I have this strange feeling he's going to sign with the Sens. He's from that area. The Sens have way more upside than the Canucks do. For, for younger forwards and, and like defense and things like that and uh, right after I said that pretty much right after I said that boom he signed with the Sens I just had a feeling I just think just like the Canucks have you know the Sens they go through so many goalies Pascal Leclerc Ben Bishop Roman Leonard yeah but it's just it's Brian Elliott 
Craig Anderson, Alex Hall. There's like they just keep going through all these goalies, just like the Canucks do. Why would you want to put your trust in a franchise like that? But yeah, but also I don't want them making the same mistake they did with Ben Bishop. I mean, when they trade him away and look and look where he is now in the in the second round and having a chance to advance to the conference finals. I mean, they basically traded away a number one goaltender. They made the wrong choice trading him away. I mean, I know they had three goaltenders, but they traded the wrong one. And now if they... And Alex, if, you can never, trade you him for never, Corey Conacher. Corey Conacher. You can comment. You can, never, you can never ever think like that because trading players away on your roster is always a gamble. You never know what the right one is. At the time... He, they, at the time, Ottawa made the right decision. Then Bishop, and, and a lot of times too, when players go to different teams, it's the different culture change. They start playing better because they're more comfortable. It's just like the thought for Felino trade. You know, Ottawa needed defense, and Felino was like a Higgins to us, like a second and third liner who caught lightning in a bottle with Columbus is now and is now a first line player. Yeah. You can never really say that they, they made the wrong decision. And, and those people that always says, oh, we could have had him in the draft. The draft is a crapshoot. And never that goes for all other 29 teams, too. Yeah, every every team, it, it, it's just luck. Exactly. Detroit's had a lot of good luck. Like, Pavel Datsuk was passed over twice in the draft, and then he was picked the third time, 171st overall. It worked worked out good for them. But that doesn't always happen. Like everything, like number one overall picks, haven't even played in the NHL before, or they have but haven't lasted very long. Patrick White. Well, I'm talking number one overall. Patrick oh. White wasn't number one overall. Wow, Dagger. Patrick Stefan. Oh God. Remember him? On goal. Yeah, he was number one overall. Where is he now? I thought he was number two. Well, maybe he was number two. He was one of the three. He was one or two. Well, where is he now? Like, you never know what you're going to get in a draft. Like, Connor McDavid could, could fall on his face. Hey, I doubt it's going to happen. There's been a lot of hype on him, but now there's a lot of pressure on him. Imagine if that named, happened. He's already already named um, the, the, the face of the NHL, and he's being compared to Gretzky. So now he's got to go into the season going, well, okay, now I'm the next Gretzky. You know how much pressure that is on him? Playing for the Oilers where Gretzky played like that's that's a lot of pressure, of for pressure. To be putting this guy on already that's why you'd rather be Jack Eichel just that's why you want to be that number two pick almost yeah you want you don't want that spotlight no you and, 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 and Buffalo is not happy that they're getting like Tim Murray which makes no sense to me which makes no sense he came out and said um well, I guess we'll have to live with uh, the number two all overall pick, but I'm really disappointed that we didn't get number one. Then he must be like, shopping that What does that, that say pick? to Eichel? Then that, that he must be shopping that pick. Well, he's Eichel already said, this. too, that he's like, going to finish university next year. He was going to play one more year in university before coming well, to the NHL. Off, did, you see, did you see Eichel's winning goal against the Americans? Or, uh, sorry, against Slovakia the other no. day? Scored the OT goal, and he has... Six points in the last five games for the States at the World. So he's playing fine. Yeah. No, he's a good player. Yeah. Like everybody in the first round is good players. But 
See, that's that's the thing that a lot of teams sometimes get trapped into, is they always try to put all their stock in into the first round. It's the third and fourth and fifth rounds where you can find a diamond in the rough. That's where you need to have good scouting, and you need to know what you're what you're looking at and things like that. That's I sort of agree. I, I think that just pertains more to like a league like the NFL. Yeah. Well, look at like Richard Sherman. And, yeah, and Russell Wilson, they Bobby Wagner, like yeah, they, they found so hey, many yeah. players in that 2012 draft that led to their championship. Yeah, yeah, and and I think Nashville is a good, and Nashville and Detroit are both examples of this. I mean, I mean, Pacquiao, he was selected like 278th overall in the draft, and so was Say Weber. They weren't drafted in the first round; they were drafted in. His, in second and later rounds, they both found gems in that Weber NHL was draft. Drafted thirty first overall, so he was technically drafted a second round. But the two thousand three draft was so deep that nobody picked Shea Weber until thirty first overall. He was so he was picked basically like I guess they they, they consider it second round, but it the first pick of the second round. Yeah, and and Pacquiao, I think he he was a a gem in the um, wealth as well. I mean, like I said, I think it was picked around two hundred seventy eight so overall in the draft, and look how good he's become. After I've been looking at 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 our prospects and things like that, and who we pick, I think McCann is probably going to be our best player out of all the prospects that we have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I just think... Like, I think Bertanen will be a good goal scorer, but he won't be good at not much else. He won't be a complete player, that's for sure. He'll be, and he'll be taking stupid penalties. If you watch those McCann, McCann has said that his, his, uh, he's uh, idolized Kessler. I think Bertanen... So hopefully he comes... Hopefully he comes... No, McCann. So hopefully he comes right. here without the same attitude as Kessler, but... Another thing about Bertanen, though, injuries. This guy will be injury-prone. Trust me. Yeah, but he is a big guy too. He's uh, just as no, big as yeah, yeah, and now let's shift to Cole Castles, and and speaking of and I know he was speaking of Connor McDavid, but he's managed to shut down Connor McDavid single-handedly all by himself, with how with how good Connor McDavid's been playing in the junior and the OHL. That that was really fun to watch on Sunday, I believe. You know, he's the, he's a leading scorer for the Generals. Even ahead of Michael Dalcole, who was what fourth overall last season, last year, uh, this guy's playing great, two-way presence, and a physical guy that the Canucks would need in the future. I just don't don't know what what is going to be exactly in our lineup next year. Like Sven Barchi will be for sure because they don't really have much of a choice. It's just like Castles; he's in his fourth season of junior hockey, and there might not even be a spot in the lineup for him next season. Well, so, and it's it's because Willie doesn't want rookie players on on uh, a veteran team. He's stated them. He did not want Horvat to make the team. Which he is just pathetic. I think we got to play all our young guys next season. I want to see Brendan Garns and Cole Castles in third and fourth line roles next season. I think uh, I think Horvat should have been moved up to the second line and played I, with, I think with he, the Bravada. He better, because Benino? Are you kidding me? Benino better be that third line center checking Checking center, a checking role, nothing more but than. Then Benny came out, but then Benny came out at the end of the year, 
and said he thought that uh, Benny or that that Benino got better as the year went on. Well, that's because oh, he, he well, he's, well, that's because you know he made the Kessler trade and he wants to hold on to it. Like, and that, he still want it. That that that's just it. Yeah. Is that Benino and Spiza are always going to get playing time because politics. don't like admitting when they're wrong. And if they start benching those players, then they're going to be they're basically saying that we were wrong in making that trade. We made the wrong trade. Yeah. And GMs don't like doing that. So they'll just keep playing them and playing them. Even though they're making mistakes, they'll keep playing them and playing them and playing them. Because Which will lead to the Canucks' demise, and that's why we won't make the playoff next season. I, I think if Black and Miller are a tandem next year, we won't make the playoff. Well, if they are a tandem? If they are. Because I feel... With Lack only having one year left and a very low cap hit, you can get a top six forward and or, or well, it'd probably be or, a top four D-man for him. It's just like so many teams will be better next season, right? Calgary for sure will have a full season of Sam Bennett, Max Reinhardt, Marcus Granlund. I mean, Anaheim's going to be better. Like Nick Ritchie will be in there. Chicago... I don't know. Teravine. going to fall off the cliff. They're going to fall off. Like, their best prospects, Teravine, and that's pretty much it. Maybe Ryan Hartman. Not really. But, I mean, Dallas could be something. If they want to trade Lettinen, because they have that American guy in Jack Campbell. Yeah. It's just everyone else is going to be slightly better. Maybe not Chicago, of course, but the Canucks won't be better next season. No, not unless Benning makes makes some trades, and we won't know until after the the draft really what what Benning is is up to. I would love to well, see the Benning Canucks. wants lots of size. He just wants big players. I would love. To he see doesn't the care about skill as much and things like that. He just wants big guys. Like he said, he likes Visa's game this year because he was good in the scrums. Then trade up for Noah Hanifin. So that tells you right there what Benning is looking for. He's looking for people like the Boston Bruins just to pound the crap out of you in front of the net. Yeah, that's true. He is, but it, it's in Anaheim, a big, heavy team as well. And look what, and look where, and and look well, and look where they are in the conference finals. They pound the crap out of you in front of the net, though. Huh? Okay, so do you want the 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 Canucks to make the playoffs next season? Do you want us to like almost go for it again, or what? Well, it, they, they, there's not really much of a choice. Uh, the owners won't... won't uh, and the fan base. Even though they well, say they want to rebuild, it's not going to happen. Fan base, but it's the owners won't accept not going to the playoffs. They've said that before. As long as they get to the playoffs, what happens in the playoffs happens in the playoffs, but they get their money. Yeah. Because anything that comes in revenue-wise in the playoffs, like the players don't get paid in the playoffs. The players get bonuses when they win a round. If you don't win a round, you don't get paid. So all the revenue that comes in goes to the owners. And then they got to pay like the, the, the staff and things like that that work at Rogers Arena and the building and all that kind of thing. Well, no, they own the building now, actually. Would you make a move for, Lu- for Lucic? If you're going to talk about that big so guy... Like, that... It was the right trade. I'd well, put Luke Peach on the same line with uh, with Verbata. I think that would uh, exactly. that would work well. And what Benning would do is he's going to trade his players who he who are not his own. 
Cassian, Castles. Yeah. Throwing some picks, something like I that. I think I think I have a feeling uh, like Shinkarik, Gaunce, and um, and Jensen could be on the trade. Uh, could be on the trading block. Maybe uh, not all three of them. But maybe but one think, or two. Yeah. Yeah, because because those aren't his picks. Yeah. And GMs a, a lot of times, very very often, in fact, when they come into a team, if there's players there that they didn't go get or they didn't pick. They go and get rid of them for players that they want because they want to put their own stamp on the team. Even if the, t- even if the, t- you, well, even if the team has recently won a Stanley Cup with that same roster. Well, the Bruins. Look at what, look at what happened with the Blackhawks after they won the roster. They got rid of Bufflin, who was the key component in that Stanley Cup run, and they got better. Exactly. True. Like, I can see a trade like Cassian for Riley Smith, something like that. Just Benning trading a guy who he doesn't like. He's not going to admit it, but he, he doesn't like Cassian. And he'll trade also, it for Riley. You also realize, too, and if you look around, if you, if you actually pay attention, you'll notice that players that have always pay, played in the East that come over to the West aren't very good. Like, there, there's exceptions. Joe Thornton? But, uh, but a lot of times, well, well... Yeah, he but kept his pace. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Tyler Sagan, he, he uh, was able to do well. But you look at a lot of the other players, like... Uh, well, Matt Sundin was, was, was here, but he wasn't here to... Uh, he was a healthy scratch for some games. He wasn't here to... Um, he was m- more or less signed as a locker room guy as a mentor and even Ryan Kester said that he wouldn't have had the season that he had or been the player that he was without Matt Sundin on his line and that's, that came from Ryan Kester's mouth yep the only memory we have of Sundin is the winning shootout goal in Toronto in his return yeah that was played all over the freaking country yeah I remember I remember Mesa uh, Toscala I remember Tom Tommy Larshide calling that. He man, he it looked like he, he sounded like a kid in a candy store. I miss Tommy Larshide, man. Oh, I miss him so much. Like, like Tomlinson, he, I don't mind him, but Tommy Larshide had heart. He was a fan. He got overly excited sometimes. He was a fan of the Canucks. He has season tickets for the Canucks. He still goes to the games. Yep. Wow. Him and his wife go all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. It is, and... You know what got him fired, right? I, 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 maybe, I don't know, he said some things he shouldn't have about on the air, I'm it's, not sure. Uh, it was the rant that he made in Game 6 when we lost to Chicago 7-4. to Right oh, before yeah. that, the rant that he made about how the Canucks haven't played well in this series, and all they have to do is just work hard, and just put the puck in the net. He went on like a good five to six minute rant, and uh, Mike Gillis didn't like that. Oh, and well, it was it was time for uh, Mike Gillis to resign with Team Ten Forty, and the stipulation was we'll resign, but Tommy Larshide has to go. Gillis is the biggest jack off ever. Like this guy, 
Apparently, he hated Scott Rintoul. And if you've listened to Scott Rintoul, he seems like one of the most likable guys out there. Yeah, I like Scott Rintoul. Um, I like Blake Price. I like Sakaris. I think... I think Sakaris gets on my nerves sometimes. It's actually the I opposite for me. <laughs> I, like, I love Sakaris. I think... I think Blake Price, I don't hate him or anything like these like these dumbasses out there that just hate on the media. You know, Blake Price, he's really knowledgeable, but he just sometimes he comes off a little arrogant. I hate Jeff Patterson. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't stand him. Uh, yeah, I. I he he's very he's very dismissive to the callers out there. He well, that that yes, and he's very very negative when it comes to the Canucks. Like very negative. Even with when we win, it's like, well, they shouldn't have won, but uh, they got lucky tonight and things like that. That like he's just—he's a very, very negative person. You know what's awful though, like in terms of ratings too. The afternoon, the afternoon show, BMAC, Taylor and the Moach, just—it's awful. Yeah, I—I I thought the road show was really good when it was Pratt and Taylor, and I know a lot of people don't like Pratt. But Taylor kind of put Pratt in his place, and it was it was really interesting. Did you ever see that? Did you ever see that YouTube clip of their argument about poker? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I saw that because uh, I I was wondering. I was in the car and I was wondering why there was like 15 minutes of commercials. He freaking like, left the studio. Yeah, he left. <laughs> no, Pratt and Taylor. You know, you can say all you want about Pratt, but he gets ratings and. Well, He's a sensationalist, sure, but you know I don't blame him. He's awesome. You know that the morning show has the highest ratings on 10, 10, Team 1040. I know, with, and everyone will keep shitting on it, but you know what? I sort of like Bro Jake. So, you know, know. I, sort of, I, I like Bro Jake and the Pratt man. Yeah. Pratt can get annoying, and he says really stupid things. Well, and he, ta- he always talks on edge, right? And he's like, a sensationalist, but I don't blame oh. him. It's already guaranteed that Babcock is going to go to Toronto. Like, I don't know where you pulled that out of the air, but like, <laughs> he says stupid things like that all the time. All the time. I think Bro Jake, I don't know. I don't like these, these segments with Mitch Berger. I hate Mitch Berger. I don't mind him when he's talking about football. When they start talking about hockey, he's not... When they start talking about golf and how Bro Jake was at Tawasin Springs the other day, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to know what you're doing. At least the Pratt has, has um, stopped talking as much about the bike lanes. It seemed like every, when, before he uh, – he didn't really get fired. They just – it was a mutual – Oh, man. Imagine him interviewing uh, Gregor Campbell. Robertson. Or, sorry, sorry. Yeah. He, wa- he wanted to. But uh, I don't. Uh, Gregor wouldn't do it, and I don't. I don't know how well that would have went. I'm on Pratt's side when it comes to the bike lanes. Oh, I, I tell you that. The, the bike lanes are pathetic. I I drive down the street in downtown Vancouver. You could shoot a cannonball down the bike you know, lane. And, Ro- and you, know, Robert, you know, Robertson gotten like he's gotten into like five accidents with his bike, getting hit by cars. Yeah. I was thinking with Gregory Campbell from the Bruins. The other thing with Lucic too is 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 he gonna want here want to come here too? Now I heard a rumor that he what he would come here because he has a good connection with betting. But the last time he was here, he got a bar fight, bar fight out of a bar. 
Yeah, and it wasn't you know, just, he, it was him he, against the bar. Think, <laughs> yeah, but he was acting in the moment, you know, I hate Vancouver, I don't like this city. I think he's gotten over it. I think he likes Vancouver. He did say he did say a couple weeks after that um, that uh, Vancouver is still his home. He was really upset with what happened with uh, his parents' church, and I don't blame him when they vandalized the church after the Boston Bruins beat us in the Stanley Cup final. Wow. Yeah, but I think the one of the reasons why the people hated him so much because he was with the Bruins when they won the cup. I mean. I mean, if he was on some other team, I don't know, like, I don't know, Dallas, and not on the, that cup-winning team, I don't think he would have see, w- received as much hate as he did then. I'll, I'll tell you this much. I had a lot of respect for Mark Greggie until he called out the, the Canucks in the offseason about how they were the worst team ever that he's ever played against. Yeah. I know, they still talk about Burroughs' bite. And I'm sorry, but if somebody sticks their fingers in my mouth like to try to push my face away, I'm going to bite too. You just stuck your fingers in my mouth. What What are you expecting by doing that? And then and then later on in the series, the, uh, the Boston Bruins, every time there was a scrum, they would stick their fingers toward Burroughs' mouth and things like that. Like, that's just classless. Burroughs had somebody's fingers stuck in their mouth stuck in his mouth of course you're going to bite down wouldn't you yeah I would I would bite him and plus it would, plus it would be impossible to tell if it was intentional or not well it doesn't matter if it's intentional you stuck your fingers in his mouth yeah. and that's why Burleson gets offended the league said well you're the one that stuck your hand there like you don't want to get bit, don't put your hand there. Yeah. Exactly. And also, Son, you were saying to me that Way Siwa was one of the best GMs out there on the Devils sign him, and what do you think that, that means for the for the, for the Devils, since it's the home of basically the former Canuck, Corey Snyder? Ray Shiro is one of the best GMs out there. He built Pittsburgh where it was he built that whole team and uh, like Ray Shiro he does make some pretty drastic changes and trades because he always tries at the trading deadline to make trades to win that year and like even even when Ray Shiro was there they made the playoffs every year they made the made it past the first round most of the time they made it to the Stanley Cup final uh, in back-to-back years, winning one of them. But it's not its not about how good of a GM you are. It's about sometimes you just need to change the scenery. Now, he's made really good trades. He traded Goligoski, who was a really good defenseman, but he got James Neal and Matt Niskanen. He traded for again. It was a good move. It just didn't work yeah. out. I think they won that Jordan Stahl trade. Brandon Sutter, a first-round pick who turned into Derek Pouliot? Pretty even. Yeah. No, that's pretty even. I, I so wasn't injured half the time. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, a big fan of getting traded away from there because that that at that time Pittsburgh had the best depth down the middle by a country mile. They had Crosby, Malkin, and then Stahl. Like you can't get better than that. No. 
No. And um, what do you think it's going to mean for the? For you said that Mike Johnson is gone. Do you think it's the same for the GM, Jim Rutherford? I think it's no. He just got hired last year. He'll, he'll, he's. They're not going to get. GMs usually have a little bit longer of a shelf life. Uh, I think they're going to give. I think Rutherford. He's a good GM. So who goes to Pittsburgh then? It's not going to be Babcock. The Johnson's not fired yet either. So he might still have one more year. You got to remember, Pittsburgh was decimated by injuries. Same with Boston; they were decimated by injuries this year. Yeah, so. like everybody's talking about how Lucic had such a bad year, but Krejci was injured a lot of the time, and Krejci was Lucic's linemate because Bergeron played on the same line with Marshawn. Yeah, you're right. The Bruins were decimated by injuries, on, and I think it's one of the main factors that did them in and not missing and missing the playoffs. And I think just find a GM when, when, because he missed the playoffs like that. I think that's a stupid reason to fire your GM. I mean, well, it happened like uh, Lou Lamorello does it all the time. He 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 fires coaches, and he's done it twice now, where he's fired coaches right at the end of the season, going into the playoffs when they have like the best record in the league, and twice that he's done that. He's won the cup. Yeah, and how many times? Has, and how many times did he do that out of those? Out, I mean, I mean, he's done it twice, but how many times did he do it overall? So, what was the percentage? I think he did it three times, and uh, when he when DeBoer took over, and they made it the Stanley Cup Finals against the Kings. So basically, he did, did it with a pretty high success rate. Like Lou Amarillo is is a brilliant, brilliant guy. And yeah, Ray Shiro was there, but you know Lou Lamorello is going to have hands-on on anything Ray Shiro does. Yeah, with all due respect to Bo Horvat, brilliant trade, getting Schneider. Mm. I think it was a very good trade. It was a good trade for both sides, so yeah. each team's happy. Yeah, but... Court, Schneider, Court, uh, uh, New Jersey just had a rough time. Once Kovalchuk left, they didn't have anything else. You can't replace the Kovalchuk. No. And once Parise left, too. Yeah, and then Parise left to did, did go to Parise Minnesota. Left right after, did Parise leave right after they lost the cup? Or did he play one more year? I think he signed in 2012-2013. I think that's when he signed with the Wild. Okay, so yeah, he left right after. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, him and Ryan Suter both went. So you lose, yeah. It's going to be a really interesting offseason. Like, the Blues have a lot of shaking up to do. Like, they've got, the team that they've got, they should be winning the Cup every year. Yeah, I know. With the defense they got, like, you look at that defense, all but one of their defensemen were in the Olympics. And that's Jackman. They got to do something with their goaltending, though. Huh? Jake, Jake Allen's not ready. No, Jake Allen's not ready. Uh, so Elliot, he's a free agent. He's never been a number one. And he's a free agent, too, so he, I don't think he'll be resigned. Maybe as a backup, but. Yeah, you're right. It's... Well, he is, too. you got to remember that, so. Yeah, he's like 34. Yeah. 
I just think with Eddie Lack in Vancouver, he's going to be 28 years old going into next season. He's never been a starter, and everybody's saying he's ready. Nobody will know that he is ready until he plays 65 or 70 games in a year. Yeah. Until he does that, and he's not going to do that for the next two years. Unless they find somebody to get from Miller. But Benning's not going to give away Miller. He's not going to give away for like a, a fourth or a fifth round pick just to get him off the books. He's going to want something tangible in return. And I don't oh. think any team is going to do that. What what can you get for Lack though? Because he only has one more season left on his contract, right? If yes. he had two or three, you could get a first round pick for him. But even, now what even with get? a one year contract, you still got that one year. You've got a whole year to re-sign him. Um, it depends on where. If I think Lack if he was more a, proven, you'd have a good case there. But he's just not it, proven. It depends on where Benning, uh, if Benning trades him, where he trades him to. If he trades him to say like a. To, to, to say like I don't know throw a, like Phoenix or something like that then yeah he's probably not going to want to stay there yeah but but Son I, I don't want to stay in Phoenix yeah but Son you mentioned how like is improving until he's a number one until he plays like 65 games or so well to be honest with you, when the Canucks traded Snyder, he had yet to play that many games in the NHL with the Canucks. I mean, the most he played was a was at least around 30 games. So, so he wasn't proven as a number one goaltender because he hasn't played them, or could have played 41. But he wasn't, I would say, proven as a as a number one because he he was really never a number one in Vancouver's. True, true. But Snyder also also had a lot more of the tools, and you can see. The uh, the way like Schneider, I think, is way better goaltender than Lack. And Schneider, even though New Jersey didn't make the playoffs, Schneider had an incredible season. Not yeah. in the wins, not in the wins, because the, uh, New Jersey just couldn't score. But New Jersey's got a lot of young players that are really good. Like Adam Henrique is an amazing hockey player. I remember in two thousand nine or twenty ten in the preseason. Oh, this guy named Eddie Lack's in that. Who the hell is he? Eddie yeah. Lack went undrafted. Schneider was a first-round pick. And, and everybody knew about Corey Schneider. And he, yep, he was the best goaltender in the AHL two years in a row. Yeah, true. But AHL is a sex. doesn't always mean that you're going to play well in the NHL. It doesn't always work out that way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work out that Mark's way drunk. for any player. And Roly Melanson still um, still says and, and has told management that he feels that Markstrom has the more tools and is the better goaltender than Eddie Lapp. That's what he's told management. And I think well, it has Ro a lot Roley to do. loves the Ben Bishop height comparison. Yeah, I think it's I think it has a lot to do with the size. Benning likes the size too. Like just go back to that that defenseman that they traded. That's six foot nine. He he's terrible right now. He's not very good. Okay, listen, but, I'm yeah, I'm I'm not an Eddie Lack fan. But if they do trade him, I guarantee you're gonna lose a little bit of the fan base. Some oh, people probably. won't redo their season tickets. 
Oh, and that's well, why the Canucks. Yeah. That's why the Canucks won't trade them. They're scared trading. Well, no, and that that's why. Did you notice that this year, the Canucks actually um, opened up and started selling their season tickets earlier than normal. They usually they don't start um, start as early as they did. They actually started. They actually got a because of the way the regular season went. They got a lot of a lot of people renewing, which they didn't last year. So the owners did get what they wanted. They promised the playoffs, they made the playoffs, and they opened up season ticket renewals earlier than they have in the past to get these fans to bite for going into the playoffs. Almost, it was. It's almost like like the Aquilinis knew we weren't going to go very far in the playoffs, but if we want our fan base, we got to start now. Yeah, that's true. They obviously made the right decision, and besides, it's always fun to watch them playoff hockey while and it just, gotta admit, it's more fun, more exciting, and plus, like to say, anything can happen in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, you can be an eight, an eight seed or a six seed and still have a chance to win the cup. Oh yeah, you have a chance. See, see, like the when when uh, the Kings won and they squeaked in. They were a lot better than the eight seed. Yeah, they they just didn't live up to expectations in the regular no. season. The same thing with the '94 Canucks. The '94 yeah. Canucks were projected to be like first or second in the conference, mm-hmm. and they just had an off year, and then just caught lightning in a bottle. And did you hear what Pat Quinn said about that too? He said one of the biggest trades he made in that year in that '94 Cup run was bringing in Tim Hunter. What? Yeah, that's what he said. He said Tim Hunter. He said Tim Hunter had had a lot of character. He worked hard out there, and Tim Hunter was actually a big. He was a big factor in that series. Mm -hmm. Well, in the playoffs, anyways, he threw his weight around. Um, He didn't make horrible mistakes. He had the nose of a Volkswagen. But that's just because he got beaten up all the time. I like the Jeff Brown trade. I can tell you that much. Well, everybody likes the Jeff Brown trade because he's the one that set up Burry for the game <laughs> set up with Bull. Jeff Brown will always be remembered for that. Nobody else will remember anything else. Yeah. Nobody else will ever remember anything else about Jeff Brown except for that play. Yep. Yeah, and I think a lot of people... Well, we we'll always remember Kirk McLean for that one amazing, for those amazing seasons he's had as a as a Canuck. I mean, I think that was one of the big trades that that Canucks brought in as well. I mean, he was good. He, Kirk McLean was good from the ninety one ninety two season to the ninety four season. After that, like he had those those three years. It's just and then after the Can- that he kind of was kind of done. The Canucks had six players that recorded more than fifty points that year. Burray, Cortnall, Ronning, Linden, Murray, yeah. Craven, and a defenseman, Yarke Lume. Yeah, and Dave Babich could have should have been close too, because Dave you remember Dave Babich was a second or a first overall pick. Yeah. Remember that goal that he scored in overtime assisted by Burray against the Rangers? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that one. Like it was like he was a forward. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, yeah, but like I said, one of my month from that series since I was still since I was so young, I couldn't even couldn't even watch it back then. You didn't even watch the 2010 Olympics. I don't know how you missed that. You missed the 2010 Olympics? Well, first of all, I wasn't even in town. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When did you start watching hockey? 2010, during the 2010-11 season. I, I mean, I watched some games before then, but I wasn't really... I went to some games, but I wasn't really into it back then as, as I am now. I mean, it, it got, I was semi-interested, but I wasn't full interested. It's because I knew that I think uh, I think that part of me part of me was said that we didn't have a winning team. There's no way we'll win oh. the Stanley Stanley Cup back in 2008. You know when I started being a fan, honestly, when I started being a fan was the year that Burry was drafted here. That was when I was started to be a fan. So 1991. Uh, I was actually yep. a Red Wings fan growing up, to be honest. That's when I, as soon as Burry came. And I still remember Burry's first game, and he didn't score a goal that game, but every time he touched the puck, like, if you're wearing a hat and you're in the front row, hold on to it, because it was like a flash going by you. Every time he touched the puck, it, it, like, the fans went on their feet. That, score, that goal that he scored on Chris Terreri, and they show it all the time, where he went around the net like two or three times, deked around everybody on the team and then went into the slot, deked out Terreri out of his jock strap and scored the goal. He's the one that actually invented that goal. Do you, you probably remember this, Trevor. When yeah, he was behind it. the net and he used to flick the puck up in the air to go over the net and he'd get around the net quick enough before the puck hit the ground and he'd knock it in out of midair. You think Eddie lacks those tickets? No. Murray did. Well, Burray sold tickets everywhere. Sold tickets. Sold ratings. Uh, yeah, he, he sold tickets. He sold tickets for teams that couldn't sell tickets. When Burry came to town, they sold tickets. Yep. Burry was the most exciting player of his era. Easily. Yeah, and like, and like, and like, and like... And like, um, and like you said, Sean, like finding the diamonds in the rough. He was a diamond in the rough. I mean, he was selected solely, solely in the draft. That was. That was. Uh, you probably don't know the story about how that all came down. That's not exactly how it went. Well, I think it's because nobody, nobody in the league knew that Burry was available for the draft. Pat Quinn did his due diligence and and investigated and found out that Burry was available in that draft. And there was a huge uproar when Pat Quinn um, drafted him. And I think yeah. he was drafted in like the fifth round or something like that. Because yeah, I think it was the fifth round, yeah. Every other team would have drafted him if they had known he was... So Pat Quinn waited. He got the picks that he, uh, that he was already wanting. And then in the fifth round, he picked Pavel Bure. And I, I remember watching it. And that the entire stadium... It was like you could hear a pin drop. And then all of a sudden, all the GMs were on their phones and things like that. Going like, and it went it went to head office and everything like that. Nobody knew he was available. Okay, so, so Alex, if I quiz you on like hockey back in 2007, would you know anything? Basically, no, I wouldn't. Because I didn't watch hockey back then. I wasn't in, into it back then. I, I don't think I was, I don't think, I don't think, 
I could I would call watching hockey back then at all. I think I may have lost a couple, several games, but not a whole lot. Well, I kind of figured that out when I was talking to you about who who you thought was the best goaltender ever, and you said Roder. And I was oh. like, Traffic is the best goaltender that has ever played in the NHL, in my opinion. I, I agree. That's why years, I was a Red Wings fan. Eight years, he had six Vesnas and two hearts, back-to-back hearts. No goalie has even won two hearts, let alone back-to-back hearts. Hasek was incredible. And I remember an interview one day with Hasek, and they asked him um, how he is able to make all these just acrobatic saves. Because Hasek was not a butterfly goalie, but Hasek was a, a flop down, throw his arms and his legs up in the air and just hope the puck hits him, and it always did. And uh, they had an interview with him, and he said, my father always told me, just stop the puck. That was his, that was his answer. He said, just stop the puck. Alex, 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 name this player, okay? As a back-end defenseman, I won a Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay 2004, the first in franchise history. I played one season for the Canucks five years later. Defenseman, who am I? Um, my guess would have to be Brendan Morrison. A defenseman. Defenseman. Brendan Morrison never played for Tampa. <laughs> Brendan Morrison came from the Devils. He was like a healthy scratch sometimes. Oh, Olin! Matthias Olin! No, Matthias Olin got <laughs> Matthias Olin was drafted here. Okay, uh, initials are BL. BL? First name, Brad. Brad Wit. Brad Lukowicz. Nice! There we go. And speaking of which, of why I wasn't here for the Olympics, it's because my family wanted to go to Hawaii. They wanted to get out of town because they knew it'd be because they knew it'd be crazy doing the Olympics. And the reason I didn't watch that 20 Olympics game is because I wasn't basically in my whole hotel room watching a game at that time. I was what probably kind of out crazy. What kind of crazy were they expecting? Because I'm telling you, I went downtown. Wasn't that, that crazy? It was that awesome. Place, that place was rocking. And in fact, there was people sleeping in hotel rooms on Granville Street. And at three o'clock in the morning, uh, people were uh, like, just people from all over were having uh, road hockey tournaments at three o'clock in the morning on Granville Street. Listen, like, I think, yeah, I think Vancouver as a city is a, a little overrated. But when I went down to see Canada, Switzerland, uh, men's hockey, that city was buzzing, and it was awesome. I saw I saw Canada US in the first game where we lost five oh, three. Five casters empty net goal, eh? Yeah, I saw that game, and, that was and I so was in uh, I was actually on TV in that game. Me and my wife, right when the players were coming out, global. I was happened to be sitting right at me and her happened to be sitting right at the uh, right at the aisle seat, right right by the, by the stairs. And global came down to us and said, "Hey, can you guys go up go up to the glass?" and pound on the glass, and as you're pounding on the glass, we're going to film the players coming out of the tunnel. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay. So we went there, and like literally, we sat down, and, and within seconds of us sitting down, we got about 12 to 14 texts from different people saying, was that you guys? Because my wife had, uh, uh, she got her nails done, and she got Canadian flags on her nails. 
And everybody knew that, so they, they, they were texting us, going, was that you guys? Was that you guys? It was, no. it was amazing. And then I saw, and then I saw the, uh, the Czechs and the Russians up in the skybox. That was pretty cool. That was when Ovechkin uh, completely annihilated. Um, who, who did he just tear apart? Yager. Oh, Yager. Yeah. That was awesome. Right at, right at, right just right. had, he broke Yager's helmet. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw Canada, Switzerland. Right after, it was Slovakia, Russia. Pavel Dimitro wins it in a shootout. Pavel Dimitro was uh, they uh, were the player of the tournament. In that yeah, that, he got uh, robbed in the semifinals by Luongo and was Slovakia almost upset them. Luongo didn't know who the who who it was uh, that shot until they went and did the handshakes afterwards. And Luongo was like, "Was that you?" And Luongo had no idea. Uh, yeah. We almost lost. Yeah, no, we almost lost. Yeah. All right, Alex. I got one more trivia here. Ready? Ready. I centered the shutdown third line with Travis Moe and Rob Niedermeyer in 2007 when the Ducks won the Cup. I was a rental player for the Canucks one year at the deadline. Who am I? Samuel Paulson. Nice. Here we go. Yeah, I kind of remember that, that one. That, that, that was a pretty easy one. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that one because I remember when the Canucks acquired him, and, and I think in 2012 they were talking about how he how he won the cup in 2007 with the Ducks, and that was part of the reason why the Canucks wanted to get him because he had that playoff experience. Okay, Alex, you need to oh. get this one. I've won three Stanley Cups, two with New Jersey and one with Detroit in 2008. I'm a retired American defenseman. Who am I? Two of the, what what Cup City won with again? Two with New Jersey and one with Detroit in 2008. Yeah. Play with Lidstrom, dude. I don't recall watching much of Nicholas Lidstrom back in the in the day because, like I said, I didn't watch hockey back then. I know it's surprising, but still, I think I had to do a lot of my age as well. Yeah, Brian Brian Mapolsky. Yep. Okay, Sean, here you go. I'm an American who retired at the end of the 2011 NHL season. I played in Colorado, Calgary, was a captain of the Sabres, and retired as a New York Ranger. Who am I? When did you retire? 2011. 2010-2011. And you played for the Sabres. Captain of the Sabres, dude. Yeah. Um, the Briere days, dude. Yeah. Was it Chris Brewery? Yep. I couldn't remember if Chris Brewery went to the Rangers or not, but I... Uh, yeah, I remember he played with, like, Gomez yeah. and stuff, and Aslan, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I think it's time to close this episode. I think this is the end of the episode, guys. So, any closing remarks? No, I'm... Uh, uh, predictions, uh, predictions. I want to see Tampa win. Go Tampa. We need to do our predictions. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. I say it is 4 nothing Montreal. I'm going to say it's... Uh, I'm going to say Go I'm going to say it's two nothing Montreal. It's going to be a close game, and um, it's going to be one nothing, and and Montreal's going to get an empty net goal, and it'll be two nothing, and and Montreal will force a game seven back at the Bell Center, where it'll upset the Tampa Bay Lightning and move on to the conference finals to face the New York Rangers for the second year in a row. Montreal lays an egg in game seven. Tampa Bay wins big five one. 
see ya. I think I think somehow, some way that there that Tampa Bay is gonna win tonight's game. I, I don't really know the score, but I just have a feeling in Tampa Bay they've already lost once. They only lost nine times all year in that building. I don't I don't I just have a feeling they're gonna find a way to win. Tomorrow night, Washington, New York, MSG, Game 7. As Don Cherry said at the Canucks and Bruins, my heart is with Washington, but New York will win 2-1. Yeah, I'm thinking 2-1. Yeah, I'm going with 2-1 New York as well. I want to see New York losing at home. And then and then uh, when it comes to the, the Hawks and the Ducks, I still think the Ducks are going to win it in 7. I just think the Ducks... And yeah, uh, they got a lot. The Hawks got a lot of firepower, but I just think the Ducks are just gonna just overmatch. Like Chicago's not a big heavy team, and everybody on the Ducks is heavy and big. The Ducks are freaking loaded. So, ducks yeah. in seven. Yeah. So, so with with your prediction, Trevor, if Ducks in seven, so do you think this could be the year? Well, Ryan Kessler hoists his first. Stanley Cup. I mean, think, I'm just gonna think about it right now. I mean, Freddie Anderson, he's playing good enough. The Ducks win the cup. I, I, right I'm still keeping to my prediction that I predicted at the beginning that the Rangers are gonna win the cup. I think it's Ducks Rangers for sure. It'll I think it'll be Ducks Rangers. Or Ducks I just don't, As much as as much as Anaheim has a lot of goal scorers. I just don't know if they're going to be able to score on on Lundqvist that many times. And New York oh, LA, has a LA great... Was able to. LA was able to. They scored enough. But the, if you look at those games, they didn't score a lot. Well, they, what was it, like 5-4 in game one? The, 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 Kings were, the Kings were down 2-1 in game... 2-0 in game one. They came back and won. King Henrik turned to Prince Henrik. You know what, I think the, the winner of Capitals-Rangers goes to the Cup Final and loses to the Anaheim Ducks. Ducks fly together, Cup's coming home to Cali once again. Yeah, and you talk about all the hate that Kessler has from Canucks fans. Look how much hate you'll get if he wins the Cup this season. Just imagine well, that. there exactly for that reason, too. So he, you know he's going to rub it in our faces. And when you always talk about how you don't want to root for Vigneault because you don't like rooting for players that got traded or, or moved on from here to other teams, there is certain players that I still root for. Alain Vigneault shouldn't have lost his job. He did it was one of those things where it was just, you had to part ways because it just wasn't, well, like, he lost it, wasn't his, his, it wasn't his fault, it was the chorus fault almost. He lost his job because, uh, because Gillis wanted to save his and it worked for a year. That was the reason why. Gillis was, was going to get fired. So he had to do something to shape things up. Torch wants to come back this year, too. Does he? Hmm? Is he still in uh, Port, wherever where he is? Already, is he he's, already talk, he's already talked to the Leafs. Oh, jeez. Can you imagine? Tortorella, Toronto, Kessel? Well, I can tell you right now that Tortorella and Kessel will not get along. I can tell you that right now. Oh my god. Yeah. They will not they will not see eye to eye. Yeah, I can't see Todwell again along with Kessel at all. I mean, a fiery head coach. Kessel, a fiery player. 
Alan Seals to again alone at all either. Question for you guys. If you could build your team around one player, who would it be? I'm going to say Getzlav or Taves. Right now, Getzlav. No, oh, that was one thing I wanted to bring up. If I had to build my team around a player, and I know this seems a little odd, but Corey Perry, the things yeah. that he gets away with on the ice... Intangibles. Like that, the other night... Stage, well, that, 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 knee, not, that knee... Stage didn't mean it. Stage, stage oh, no, definitely didn't mean it. But that, the other night, when Corey Perry got slammed behind the net, he hates getting hit, so he was pissed mm. off. So Getzlaff is going up the ice on the wing. Corey Perry's coming up the middle... And just because he felt like it, he rocked the defenseman that was cutting over to cut off Getzlaff right at yep. the blue line. Clear interference. Like, if that wasn't interference, there is no such thing. He rocked him, and I'm just thinking to myself, my God, he ran Rammel three times in that game in front of the ref, and he was looking at the ref when he did it. Like, Corey Perry, out of all the players that I hate in the league, I would love to have him on my team. I don't even hate Perry. He's he's awesome. Just because of the way he... I just know... It's not like I hate Perry. I just hate playing against him because he gets away with whatever he wants. He's like Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger got away with cross-checking you in the back repeatedly in front of the net. Yeah, and... And I saw I'd like to bring something up that we discussed earlier. You said I wasn't a... a true Canucks fan because <laughs> because I was cheering for BC boys on possibly other Canadian teams. I mean, I and I cheer for Kerry Price because he's from here and he's a really good guy and I like him playing on Montreal. Yeah, like, like, I you, like I said to you all, that that what's going to happen if Kerry Price wins the cup? He's going to bring it back to BC, obviously. We're going to have to hear about it for the next twenty years. Alex, at least tell me you don't like Duncan Keith. I don't. Well, I'm Brent not. Seabrook? Nope. No, that's good. <laughs> I got respect, Tate. Yeah, but yeah, I, res- but, I respect Tate. Yeah, yeah, but and also like a lot of point of that of that song is is that another reason I like showing for when our Canadian teams because to representing not only our province but basically our country. I mean, if Kerry Price plays bad. Or, or something like that. He's making players that come from here look bad. I mean, he's saying, wow, another BC born player. I, I know he's going to suck because he's from here. I know, I just, it's the same thing if, if the Leafs ever won the cup. Like, we still to this day hear about the Leafs winning the cup in 1960. <laughs> still to this day, we hear about that. Could you imagine if Carey Price wins the cup and brings it back here? We'll hear about that in 2040. Yeah, we will. And that that's why I don't want something like that to happen. Like, Andrew Ladd was a little bit different because he's not a superstar. He brought it back here. Lucic did too, but because Lucic was so scared of uh, <laughs> what was going on around here, he had, had actually a private party, yeah. and nobody knew about it. Yeah, it's true, but I don't think Kelly, I don't, I don't, I don't think there would people would be much hate for Kerry Price. I mean, I'm not saying Kerry Price would rub it in their face, but the organization would. Fans, organization, the, the Cavs fans are the worst. Yeah. 
We've got to get more atmosphere into that arena. Okay, let's, let's talk about this, that. Let's, honest, let, let's talk about that because the atmosphere—it's atrocious. It's it's the worst atmosphere in the league. <laughs> no, Besides, like, okay, listen, times. listen, listen. I've been to Phoenix. I've been to Jobbing.com Arena now, whatever it's called now, Gila River, it's whatever. I think it's called. It's, it's now it's called Gila River Arena or something like that. Okay, it's like half full. The crowd was amazing compared to the Canucks. Honestly. Yeah, you you can sit there and you watch and people are just sitting there texting on their phones and there's no there's no atmosphere in, in Rogers Arena. Like look at the Jets. And yeah, you said well the Jets haven't been, been in the in the league or Winnipeg hasn't been in the playoffs in nineteen years. You you didn't watch hockey back then. Even back in ninety two <laughs> and ninety one and ninety three, even when they were losing their stadium, they were losing their team. That place in the playoffs was rocking. They didn't lose. Um, they didn't lose their team because they they ran out of money. They lost their team because the building was small and they couldn't get enough corporate sponsors. It had nothing to do with them not making money because they made money. But the building needed to be upgraded, and they didn't want to do that. But that the Canadian the Canadian buildings are. They're embarrassing compared to the American ones. If well, you look at the concourse like, size, like I've been to yeah. the Honda Center and the, and the Phoenix Arena, the concourse is huge. There's no foot traffic at all. You go to Rogers Arena, it smells like weed, and it's it's a joke. They did they did uh, uh, extend the concourse a little bit at Rogers Arena this past season when the Aquilinis took over the con- uh, the, the concessions. I got oh, it. The, the food the food at the concessions now. Is ten times better than it was last year. Ten <laughs> times. Really? It's still terrible. <laughs> well, they've got like yeah, but they've got I, I, like. I always steak eat before. And, I always eat before. They've got steak now, and they got Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, and like yeah. they got different things now besides nachos and freaking triple O's. Like triple O's is disgusting. Okay, you know what's sort of pissing me off, and I understand that the Golden Goal happened in Rogers Arena and all that. But can they stop replaying the fucking goal in that area, at the arena? Yeah, Isn't I know. That, 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 that's pissing me off. Like, and stop like I fucking replaying Alex, it. Like I explained to Alex the other day, I said, that was the only thing that Crosby did the whole tournament. He yeah. did Iggy, score, Iggy. Like, He did score the 5-3. He did score in the 5-3 loss to the Americans. He scored one. But he only scored two goals in that whole tournament. He was awful. He, and, and he's not that great in this tournament either that he's playing in. I don't know what it is, but he's just... And he can't say it's the big ice because he couldn't do it on the small ice either. And the goal that he scored, the golden goal, was a goal that Ryan Miller should have had. It was along the ice. Oh, jeez. Yep. Miller played outstanding, and then he just gave up that. Yeah, uh, that was just a bad goal by Miller. And Miller like, what was it. Like, honestly, even as a... Even though I was obviously cheering for Canada, that that wasn't a good goal. No, like, no, Miller was still named the player of the tournament, and he was the losing. Uh, he was on a losing team. Now, what if we lost that game though? Because Parise ties it up with what, like twenty seconds left. Yeah, and then uh, LaFalse has that great shot um, right before. It was like seconds before Iggy and uh, Crosby. The, the best. had that shot that Luongo made a great save on. 
the most attachment I've had to an international team was 2002. Salt Lake City. I, that that game, I still remember that. That game against the U.S., Joe Sackick, Aginla, Korea, Lemieux. Lemieux sucked back then, but, uh, well. He was there because his name was Lemieux, but Joe Sackick scored two goals in that game. Iserman, like, that team was fucking stacked. And, like, and guess who built I it? love that. Who did build oh, Wait. Wayne Gretzky. Yep. He built that team, and that's the first gold medal the Olympic gold medal Gretzky has, and he got it as as a builder, not as a player. Who coached the team? Pat Quinn, I believe. Yeah, I think he did, yes. Yeah, Pat Quinn did coach the 2002 team. Didn't we lose to Belarus or something that once that year? Yeah, this past Olympics, since the NHL has gone to the Olympics, this past Olympics is the first time where a team has gone undefeated without a loss and winning the gold. It's never happened before. Wow. And you, and yet, son, you said that Canada does not play well in the world tournaments. In the world championships, they don't. No, I remember. Remember Kovalchuk OT gold against Canada a couple years back. Gold medal game, world championships. Yeah, the world championships is usually Russia and Sweden. Listen, listen. I care more about the Spangler Cup than I do about the world championships. Well, and I told Alex the other day that that when it comes down to Olympics over the Canucks, and I love the Canucks to death and everything like that, but I'm more invested when it comes to the Olympics because it's best on best. And Alex said, well, it's best on best when it's East versus West in the Stanley Cup final. That's not best on best. Matt Cook will never make the, the, the Olympic roster. Like, there's first-line players that are playing fourth-line minutes in the Olympics. It's totally different. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, I love the Olympics. Like, the whole country gets together. I was at the bar in 2002 and 2010. 2006, we sucked. We finished, like, fifth or something like that. Or oh, yeah, oh, 2006 and uh, wherever it was, I remember I woke up for a game against Switzerland and we lost by, like, Switzerland two. All plays us tough. Uh, Bertuzzi was on that team. He absolutely Bertuzzi sucked. Was on the team. It, it was in, it was Turin, Italy, right? Yeah, Italy. Yeah, yeah. It was in Turin. We finished like seventh or something. Seven. We finished sixth. Yeah, it was fifth or sixth. I can't remember what it was. And yeah, all the drama because Crosby was left on the team. Although we don't regret that at all. Like Crosby wasn't ready to be on that team. No, he he just got he was just drafted practically. Yep. I think the best player on that team was Rick Nash. That's all I remember, but I want to sift over to the All-Star Game thing here. What if we went back to World versus North America so players can take pride in winning or losing? Well, that I was actually talking to Alex about that the other day because he never watched the World versus North America. It only happened, was it one or two years that they did it? Yeah, one or two years. I just And, I think... and the world decimated us. Still, you have something to play for, right? You can take pride in that. But the world, like like Burry was on that team, and it, that that team just decimated us. We we lost big time. Yep. But like I, I'm glad the world. Like, would, would would we lose big time this time around? No, I think North America would. Well, a I lot know, of the, it'd be even. A lot, it'd be uh, even. A lot of the world teams now are a little older. 
Yep. But I, I, I still am glad the World Cup is coming back in 2016. I honestly don't understand the format at all. I think they're doing the World Cup in the summer, too. I think that's when they did it last time, isn't it? Yeah. I still remember, and they still show it to this day, the Gretzky to Lemieux pass. I've actually, I actually got a picture on eBay of the Gretzky Lemieux um, when 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 they scored that goal. I've got that in uh, a signed photo of Wayne Gretzky when him and uh, Lemieux were celebrating after scoring that goal. I found it on eBay, and I was like, I want that. That's a piece of history. Cost me seventy bucks, but. <laughs> Hey, that's, for a picture that's for, for, for representing history, I don't think that's not a bad price at all. No, well, the other pictures, I got 18 pictures off of eBay, and I paid anywhere from 20 bucks to 70 bucks. Yeah, but like I, like I said, when they were worth all that much, it's because, it's because the year I was born, I can't really help that. I mean, I mean, How old are you, Alex? Fine, then. Uh, I guess I can tell you that. 23. Oh, okay. So if you can That's guess... Just... How old are you, Trevor? 22. Oh, really? And you still uh, remember like... Alex, uh, so I, I didn't know you were 23. No. I, I'm, I'm 36. Yeah, so... Basically, if you can guess... If you can guess my age, you can guess when I was, when I was born, and you can see why I don't remember much of the 94 or anything past that. Yeah, that's true. I remember 94. I remember walking outside my house with my beret jersey on, and we lost that game. And every single car that passed me was honking at me, and I was, like, in tears. I was, like, 14 or 15 or something like that. And I, I was, like, in tears because I was devastated and things like that. Lyndon put on a clinic in that game, but... Shit happens. Yep. Yeah, it does. Were you, like, were you downtown for it? No. Yeah, my, my parents, parents were. My, my parents, parents wouldn't let me go downtown. My, my parents watched it. Uh, I forget where they watched, but they were downtown. Oh. And yeah, my dad was absolutely choked about the loss. Oh, I was. I was very upset. I thought we had the cup. Like, uh, we should have never won game one. If it wasn't for Kirk McLean making 54 saves. And Greg Adams scored the winner, right? OT, I believe. Yeah. No, no, no. In game one, yeah, we only lost. Yeah, we, 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 we won by one goal. But then yeah. the next three games, we got destroyed. Game two, we lost 5-1. Uh, we got I, destroyed after that. You almost wish we lost in five. But then the Canucks came back, and Trevor Linden played on broken with broken ribs from Game Five to Game Seven. Listen, that messy a cheap shot at the end of Game he Six was pathetic. He did it on purpose, but Trevor Linden wasn't going to make. He wasn't going to not play in Game Seven. My favorite memory has got to be that fan running on the ice after Game Six. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I still, I still, to this day, when they're on the radio, and that call from uh, from uh, Tom Larside, 
and at the time it was Jim Houston. No, it was the uh, uh, it was uh, not Jim Houston. It was uh, um. They named the freaking box after Jim Robson. Jim Robson, yeah. Jim Robson. I still get chills hearing that. We're going to Game Seven, and Trevor Linden, and you, he'll play. You'll know he'll play on Tuesday night. And then, and then at the end, when when the game's over, uh, Tom Larshide just said, "Listen to the music," and the announcers just shut up and they just let the fans make the noise. Like it was in that was the atmosphere that the Canucks are missing. That atmosphere when they won in Game Six, and they actually. They actually played in the final minute of that game twice. Well, actually, if if I if if I if I recall that atmosphere, I think they had the Canucks had that atmosphere doing that 2011 Cup one. I mean, if you went in, the downtown was packed with with people and all that. that I'm not just I'm talking was... about the atmosphere in the building. Yeah, yeah, in in the building. Like there's if you no, there's, there's no doubt there's more Canucks fans out here now. Yeah. 94, just because it's more population. With the Winnipeg Jets, when they were losing, and even after they lost the series, not one single fan left that building. They were sitting there screaming and hollering and giving them a standing ovation for like 10 or 15 minutes after the game was over. And they got swept. Mm-hmm. And that was always the way Winnipeg was. They always had a whiteout. They were always packed. They were always loud as hell. Calgary, too, extremely loud. Yeah. Edmonton in the playoffs is extremely loud. For some reason, Vancouver just... They buy tickets just because they have money. Yep. And I just hate those fans out there who claim that Burroughs slaying the dragon was better than Burroughs' OT goal in Calgary. No, bro. Uh, Not even Burr, close. Burr goal that was and the best Burr moment in Canucks history. That's the best moment in Canucks history. Burry had like a uh, an inch put that puck in. It's either got a Kirk McLean save before that. On uh, on uh, right <coughs> on the, yep. the light went on. Everything like they were like that didn't go in. And they showed the replay, and, and not only did Kirk McLean get it with his pad, he didn't even get it with his pad. He got it with the, the blade of his stick, or of his, of his skate. It hit his skate yeah. and bounced out. It was a three-yard one. Flurry pass through my book. Yeah, well, he keep... Yeah, you don't have to keep describing these events to me, because, like I said, I don't recall much at all of it but but you're right that's the atmosphere that the Canucks need at Wilders Arena right now but it seems those fans that that made that building electric just disappeared that's because back then real fans went to the game now a lot of yeah. people the game. they don't care corporate they're just using corporate corporate they're just using that money to write uh, to use as a write off towards their business it's like Kane and WWE He's gone corporate, and a lot of a lot of a lot of those uh, a lot of those uh, tickets that the corporate people get, um, go they give away to clients. That's why you see a lot of times the building looks half empty. The seats we, are sold. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I know it's 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 too bad. 
it, it just yeah unfortunately Vancouver is a rich city with a bunch of rich people that don't even care about the games don't but care. they go to them yeah. no they go to them to use it as a write off on their taxes yep yeah and Trevor Linden said he wants to change that well he better it didn't change this past season well, no, it did a little bit. It, it was a little louder than la- last season. Well, and, last uh, season was the worst season since, what, 2008? Well, no, since Messier was here, probably. Oh, jeez. Alexander. McGillney. Oh, my God. Keenan. I, I can't believe Mike Keenan was yeah, a head Mike coach. Mike Keenan. Make, make it sure got uh, Iron Mike, dude. Iron Mike. you got to be kidding me. And you see, once Linden was traded, he got injured. He, he missed. Did. He missed so many games. He missed almost a full season with Montreal or something. Like he this hated, guy, hated if, if he stayed in Vancouver, he would have eclipsed a thousand points. I'm not even kidding. Oh yeah. And that's okay. why. I'm, I mean, not he saying, I'm not saying he would have went to the Hall of Fame or anything, but he is what 700 and something. He's like third all time. It, it just doesn't look as good. He looks more he, of a Shane Doan than anything. He was uh, deemed as Mr. Game 7. He made the... He, he captained the Canucks to the Cup Final when he was 24. People don't realize that. And he was a huge... Like, yeah, Burry scored 24 goals in that series. Or in that, in that, in that playoff, playoff run. But Trevor Linden was Mr. Game 7. When it came down to Game 7s, Trevor Linden was... He, he was able to elevate his game. And that's where there's a lot of players in the league that can't elevate their game. Joe Thornton being, like, at the top of the list. Joe Thornton can't elevate his game to play off hockey. He never has been. Patrick Marlowe's a little bit better. But that's because he's, he's got speed. Joe he can Thornton skate doesn't... Thornton's Jumbo Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Some games, some players can never elevate their games in the playoffs. And I, I think the Canucks have a couple of them. The Sedins, they can't ever elevate their games in the playoffs. They just disappear. Yep. No, they totally do. They're not going to playoffs with the Sedins, too. And number two, that only one time in NHL history has a Swedish captain won the cup. Nick Lidstrom. Yeah. And that was the only time. Sundin couldn't get it done. Alfie couldn't get it done. Nope. Zetterberg wasn't the captain then. Yeah. No, Lindstrom was the captain then. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, but but I think but I think if there's one player who I could who could give it to Hendrick the captaincy, I thought it should have went to uh BX or Kessler at the time. Yeah, but I, I think there's one player who could change that if he was the captain. Henrik Lundqvist. I mean if he was the captain of the Rangers, I think he could physically change that. Well, Lundqvist isn't the captain, though. Yeah, I'm, no. just saying, I'm just saying if he was, he could change that. I'm not a proponent, I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of goalies being captains. Just take a look well, at Luongo. Well, I tried it with Luongo, and the league wasn't... There wasn't a rule against it, but um, with captains, captains are allowed to go and talk to the refs and things like that, and, and Gary Bennett made it very clear... <laughs> That Luongo was not allowed to leave the crease to go and yeah. talk. And, to and it was always a guy like Willie Mitchell talking to the refs about a penalty yeah. or a goal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I see no, nothing positive about the Canucks about 
other than a couple good rookies, you know? We have good rookies, but so does we'll every other team, you know? We'll see if Benning makes some really, like, if he makes a blockbuster trade somewhere or something like that, like, you never know what'll happen in the offseason. I'm not going to make any predictions until I see what Benning does this offseason, and then I'll see what the makeup of the team is. If they can get somehow, some way, the Sedins to be second-line players, I think they'll have a good shot. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the draft for sure. Not, not even for the Canucks, just for the whole NHL. There's a lot of good guys I like out there. The whole first round is stacked. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about every prospect. I'm ready for this year's draft. Yeah, I want. It's, it's too bad that the Canucks are drafting 23rd. I think, I think they're going to switch to though. Oh, gonna, we better imagine if we traded up, traded up for that American guy, Hanefin, Noah Hanefin, whatever his name is. I want Strom really bad, and he's projected to go about fifth or sixth. Yeah, I just think we need a defenseman. I, I'm a fan of Mitch Marner. I'll tell you well, that we've much. Got, we've got Padan um, there. Padan, Padan, but what is Padan like? He's a back-end guy. He's a physical guy with nothing more than Spiza. Yeah. We need a game-changer, and we, we're loaded for forward prospects, and we have nothing. We're so shallow in terms of defense. We need a Sammy Sallow on our team, and like Jordan Schrader could be that guy. He's small, but he can score, and he can run a power play. I'll tell you this much. I'm looking forward for our draft, mock draft episode. What about Jordan Schrader? Jordan Subban, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jordan Subban's only what five nine or five ten or something? Uh, he doesn't. Yeah, he weighs what one ninety. Yeah, he's small, but he broke the record in the OHL for goals by a defenseman. It, it sucks though, because Strom is a good chance he goes to Toronto. I know, and that really sucks. Cause I don't want Toronto to do good ever. But like honestly. Why do you think Don Taylor quit Sportsnet? Because he was tired of the, uh, of the uh, Toronto of the stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Toronto stuff, and 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 like Don Taylor was saying, you have to lead with this, and it was always about Toronto. Yep. And Don Taylor wasn't happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of enjoyed him having a, having him on on Sportsnet because I always remember. Watching him post game after 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 the game and hearing his remarks, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, it's too bad there's just no regional coverage anymore. They go straight to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So, unless you guys have any anything more to add, I think it's time. Hey, Alec, do you remember? Do you remember uh, uh, back in the day when Don Taylor was uh, uh, first started? Oh, it's sports, uh, whatever it's called. Sports page. Yeah, sports yeah. page. That was awesome. That was I, that I was watched. a ritual. Every eleven o'clock at night, every single night, me and my dad sat down and watched yeah. sports page. Dave Randorf hosted or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I short houses. Every single media guy. Short house was on there. Yeah. Short house. I, I watched. I watched the post game seven from '94 on there a couple days ago on YouTube. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think I remember asking Shorthouse about that because I met him while, while he was broadcasting a Canucks game during that time. Because I think so. I still think besides Jim Robson, 
out of the commentators we've had, uh, Jimmy Houston is probably next. I saw Jimmy Houston the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I live in White Rock. And he lives out here, too. Yep. Shook his hand, good guy. Oh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. But his broadcasting voice, it, it's crazy. Bob Cole, Bob Cole, I think, has the best broadcasting voice in hockey. My favorite pairing of all time was Bob Cole and Gary Neal. Oh, I love, oh my God. And still to this day... Like, like that, that's what I actually... That's why. That's when watching Leafs game was... Leafs games were bearable. Yeah. But, like... Like, 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 like uh, Bob Cole, even to this day, like, when, there, when there's a chance in front of the net or something like that... Yeah. Uh, he... It's like he's having an aneurysm or something. He's just, like, screaming into the mic, and he's so excited. Like, he's just... A great broad. I hope he gets uh, a game. Uh, I hope he gets one of the series next year. Yeah, and of course he's lost a step. How old is he? Like, he's so old, but he's in this. He's in his seventies. Yeah, at least, and he's still getting the job done. I I enjoy listening to him. Yeah, I like listening to Gary Galley. I yeah. don't mind listening to him. I like him too. I like Doc Emmerich too from NBC. Yeah, he. You know that he used to uh, uh, be the broadcast for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, he got. It was like a ceremony for him last year. Yeah. And the Canucks played the Devils, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the pairing, even though I kind of grew up with them and everything, and they've been on for a long time, I kind of like the pairing of John Shorthouse and John Gary. I mean, I think part of the reason why I like them so much is because I kind of, you know, grew up watching them. I mean, every time I see a, a Canucks, broadcast, Canucks game, it's always them, and it's basically the only problem with Garrett, and Garrett used to be, uh, he used to be in Calgary. That's where he used to do his broadcasting. The only problem with Garrett is he is an insane homer. Like, <laughs> yeah, in John Shorthouse, another team will score, and John Ho- Shorthouse will, will scream out scores. No, you know who's a homer? Jack Campbell, the voice of the Bruins. All, all the guys heard that, that, that Tampa Bay uh, broadcaster when the Tampa Bay Lightning scored. He's screaming into the microphone. He can't even understand him. And he's like screaming into it, jumping up and down. It's like, oh my god. If anything, Shorthouse is a little too boring. Yeah, very knowledgeable though. Oh yeah, totally. I like Shorthouse. Yeah, I, I I do like Shorthouse as well. As I mean, I think he's he's the kind of person that I'm I'm looking I'm looking up to. I mean, he's from here, broadcaster kind of. He's kind of like kind of has the kind of has my dream my dream job right now because that's what I'm looking forward. To becoming what he's become. Well, he he's uh, he went to the same school Don Taylor did. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. I, Don Taylor's broadcasting the game too, but he only does exhibitions. Yeah. Yeah, and I think after I recall, the, the school that that John Torhouse went to was BCIT. Yeah, he did. BCIT. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not going to the same school as him. I'll be going to a, a different school as him, but I'm hoping to follow 
in the same footsteps as he did and hopefully become a, a Canucks broadcaster. Well, I guess it's probably almost time to wrap this uh, this puppy up, eh? Yeah, I was plan I was planning on saying that for a while now, basically. <laughs> I, got, I got one more thing though, Sean. What do you think of the Mayweather fight? I didn't I didn't rent it for the simple reason that I knew that defensive fighter. He's a defensive fighter. How did people I knew not I that? knew how Mayweather fought, and yep. I knew that Mayweather was going to win. Yeah, I went so to I wasn't a bar. Gonna pay a hundred dollars to watch Jesus, them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went to a bar with a couple of buddies. I watched the Clippers Spurs game seven first. Twitter, then that. everybody is flipping out because it was a boring fight, and I'm like, have Did you, you not expect? Have you not Mayweather watched a, a boxing before? Like, I, I've watched tons of Mayweather fights. I've really gotten into the UFC. Mayweather backs lately. up and backs up and backs up for the first five rounds or so, and then after that. He's worn his opponent down so much, and then he starts fighting. That's just the way it works. Yep. Like, Mayweather's a really good fighter, but terrible human being. And before we wrap up, check out my website, naptimesports.wordpress.com. Got an article on how Floyd Mayweather Jr. is an arrogant dirtbag. Check it out. Oh, he definitely is. But he's still a great fighter. Yep. This is a long episode, guys. Had fun. Yeah. Yeah. So did I, and I just hope we have a, I just hope we have enough to talk about in the next week's episode. Oh, I'm sure that there's gonna be more hockey games. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All, right. All right. All right. You can. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. And you can find us on our website at www.connectsblogcast.wordpress.com. And you can find us on iTunes. I'm I'm Sam Alexander 300. I'm joined by Trevor Nats. You can find him on on Twitter, Trevor Nats 16. And you can find Son on Twitter at Spence Canucks. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next week. Go Ducks!